Put on your headphones. Let's do this. We're starting. Tech Yeah Podcast. Tech Yeah Podcast. Tech Yeah Podcast. All right, let's get started. Okay. My friend Bill. Best prices of the year. The best. The best value. Doorbuster savings all day long. So we're joking around right now, but it is. At the time of recording, it's Thursday night. It's 11.15. We've been here hammering, not 11.15 p.m., 11.15 November 15th. <laughs> it's only like 6.15. But uh, we've been hammering out on these Black Friday promos all week. I think we'll both have something to say about in, there, in our How's Our Week Going spiel. But, uh, Bill. Tony. How you doing, man? I'm exhausted. My brain has stopped working, largely. Um Due to the aforementioned Black Friday preparations, good lord, it's it's crazy, and we'll we'll get into it a little bit later. It's so unnecessary. It's, it's so unnecessary, and it will be eventually. It will be unnecessary, but um, right now, I think we're probably close to peaking on this phenomenon. Um, I would say potentially. I think there's some hope for humanity moving forward and we will get into it but um yeah i think that that's the unnecessary the unnecessariness how unnecessary it is is um kind of the big picture it seems just so unnecessary in so many ways but um yeah so i just you know we've just been hammering away at at collecting you know deals for black friday and managing um other people's craziness, which compounds your own personal craziness. I heard that. So, you know, I mean, I think everybody um, in our industry and other industries would probably agree that the internal craziness of it is compounded by everybody else's heightened stress. And you Yeah, know, we're still waiting to get our Monday deal list, bro. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my week's been going okay. I'm going to jump right in and uh, yeah. and get on with it. Uh, my week's been going pretty good. I mean, it is Black Friday week coming up next week. And we kind of, I mean, we advertise all month. But um, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, as far as email on our side, it's not as intense. We send a lot of emails, but they're pretty uh, rinse and repeat. Um, I think the thing is I've had a lot of meetings this week. I have a lot of meetings tomorrow. There's just a lot of, we're, we got a lot of pieces moving on our side right now. And uh it's it's nutsos with what's going on and how much I'm trying to deploy and track and adding in all this testing and then meeting with everybody and trying to launch all these new projects. It's it's a it's a handful and a and a half. That's that's for certain. But um things are going good. I've been streaming a ton this week. Yeah, seeing that. Live on the Like internet. almost every night, right? Like almost every night. I beat yeah. Yakuza finally. Yakuza six. Such a great game. Finally beat it. So uh, just kind of knocking off some of that old stuff on the list, some of those games that have been lingering, and uh, yeah, having a good time. Last Saturday, we got a ton of people from the Discord together. We all played Overwatch. There was like eight or ten of us. Nice. We played custom games. It was so fun. We played like all night. It was a good time. I haven't, I haven't had like a gaming session like that in such a long time. Yeah, that is just, fun. It's just a ton of people. That's just You're an all old school. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it was... Uh, Everybody's yelling at each other. Yeah, and you're just playing like every stupid game mode you can think of, you know? Revive me! Revive me! Ruin <laughs> that guy! That guy's out of the corner! Yeah, He's yeah. down here! Yeah, everyone's just giggling. It was a, such a good time. He's on the balcony! Get up! Shut him over there! <laughs> yeah. I got him over here! He's over here! Oh my god! He's rising! He's rising! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such a good time. But, um, in lieu of that, I also got an email for us. A special... That's great. It is great. And if you guys want to email us, it is techyeahpodcast at gmail.com. I'm glad you're a professional because I totally forgot to do the, uh, this is our email lead in <laughs> and, uh, also share with a friend. All right. That's my other, uh, homework, right? To make sure. For the love everybody. of God, share this with a friend. Yeah, just share it with somebody. How, however anybody. you're listening to this, everybody, please right now hit the little share arrow mm. and send it to a person. Send it to your mom. Yeah. Send it to your mom. Say happy Black Friday week. Yeah. Happy Black Friday week, mom. Uh, you'll learn about deals here. Okay, so I have an email, and this is another one from Alec, who wrote us last week. He wanted to write a follow-up, right? He liked our response to last week's email, where we talked about uh, games as a service kind of killing the Yeah, uh, the, the, state, the state of video games moving yeah. forward. And how it kind yeah. of destroyed the vintage market, but uh, this is kind of a follow-up. So uh, here's his email. This is an actual listener feedback of something we said. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? To like yeah, think cool. that this is going out into the ether and then someone actually hears it yep. and takes the time to write an email. Um, and pings us back. And pings us back, catches us offline. Um, I'm glad you guys liked my question. Both of you made some very good and interesting points, and I enjoyed listening to our thoughts. I have a follow-up question that's somewhat related. When we start to see these online games closing down, especially the ones that are games as a service, do you think we will see fans of those games try to revive them? For example, we saw a lot of game online service, including Battlefield 1942, hindered by the GameSpy shutdown. I don't know if you know what GameSpy is, but we'll get to that. And people came up to people came up with ways to get the servers back online. If you think we'll see more of these revival projects, how do you think publishers, developers will react? Thank you for answering my questions. I really enjoyed listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Alec. Uh, Hornet AMX 77. Love you, Hornet. Um, I think the... I'll just jump in and say... You know say, what GameSpy is? Yeah. Okay. Um, there there won't be um, servers being brought back to life like that, and publishers won't have anything to say about it because it won't exist. Um, I disagree. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. We did not plan this. Uh-oh. Um, because I think right now it actually is really popular to have these, um, old game revival servers, right? Uh, World of Warcraft had classic revival servers running until last year when they announced they were going to sell it as a product. And that's when they kind of took action to shut down the existing servers. But, um, um, I want to say Ultima has always had these types of servers running these, uh, private, uh, shards as they call them, like server shards. Um, and so I don't think it's going to be every game. Right? What? Shards. Yeah, I think that's what they call them. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's not a whole server. It's like a shard, right? Like it's a piece of a server. I don't I don't name them. Okay. Somebody out there listening laughed at that too. It's not I don't, just me. I'm I don't not just name, I don't name them, okay? Um but so I, I think if there's um if there's an audience that's looking to play these, I do think that um they will exist, and I think for the most part, unless they're super popular or developers are going to resell that product, anyone really cares, like, you know, unless it's like Disney or something, like I could see Disney getting involved if uh, or Nintendo, right, if it was a Nintendo product. But I think for the most part, we've seen that 
you can kind of get away with it as long as nobody's making any money. Um, if people want to start making money, though, all all bets are off. They're coming for you. Um, but I do think that there is uh, there is an audience for that, and I do think that they will continue to we will continue to see revivals. It's not. I don't think it'll be non-existent, but I think it'll be infinitesimally small. That you're that it's not going to be an issue at any point. Really. Yeah, but I, mean, I think that's the fun of them is that they're so small. Yeah, it's it's gonna you're gonna have you know a couple of uh, Reddit guys get together that really liked X video game and want to revive a server and can hack together something and play it online, and they'll do it for a month or two and then it'll die off and then they'll do something else. Yeah, it's like, almost like X plane dorks. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> X-Plane will live forever. I, I don't think that that server revivals will be you know, a blip on the radar at all. Yeah, and that's why I think they'll exist. Yeah, they they, right, they will exist. But I, but I think because it's going to be so tiny, the publishers aren't like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, they eventually end up caring. Because right? that's what I mean. They have cared for for ones that have existed, right? Like the World of Warcraft uh shards <laughs> the world of warcraft classic servers um but yeah i mean once they get popular enough what tends to happen is developers kind of re-release it yeah so, they'll, yeah they'll see and then that's that's it the market reacting yeah. to demand if it's at all profitable then right yeah they'll yeah. They'll, they'll want to take it over and yeah. that's that's exactly what was you know our, our point that we made from the last time was yeah, if when there is a market for any one of these vintage games, a publisher at whatever point they need to make money off of it will make money off of it. If Sony f- has enough demand for a re-release of Gran Turismo 3, they will spend the money to relicense the cars, but there isn't the demand to meet that cost. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh I think what is neat is the these player run shards I'm I'm gonna stop saying shards. I promise. <laughs> These player run servers do give uh, audiences an opportunity to kind of show to show their level of interest in a way that I think just tweeting or you know these like bring back uh, Shenmue campaigns yeah. don't really have that effect. But when I think when you see people doing the work and the servers filling, then you start to be like, okay, well maybe this is something. Yeah, we should- breathes new life yeah. into it, and you don't have because I'm sure there are plenty of times that a classic game has been re-released and it just kind of like fell flat and they probably i mean they they know what the data is and because a lot of these classic re-releases have been digital downloads from you know the playstation arcade or you know similar Mm -hmm. similar services through nintendo and you know i think microsoft it's not as big as sony right playstation like classic game arcade kind of no, because Microsoft does backwards compatibility for a lot of their stuff. Okay. So you kind of get access to okay, it yeah. like in a more... Right. In like a, oh, you own it kind of way. Yeah. So the publishers know exactly what kind of, you know, legs some of these re-releases have. And they know that, you know, like Sonic comes out and there's a re-release of Sonic 2 and everyone gets super excited and plays it for a week and realizes that, oh yeah, new video games exist and this is boring. Yeah. And they stop playing it for two weeks. So why are they going to invest a bunch of extra money to bring back servers that are predicated on on replayability? And that's kind of, you know, Microsoft uh, enabled backwards compatibility and... That was kind of always the the line is that no one really plays these old games. Um, 
a few people do. It's something like 2% of playtime is dedicated to backwards compatible or old games. Yeah, that's so. that's interesting. I never heard that stat. But mm-hmm. but that that one I think was different because it seems so easy to just do. It's very hard. Like just let us play the old, like it's, it's the same disc. Hard. Just let us put the disc into the thing. So with Microsoft it's a little easier because they have a uh, Azure, right? They they run uh, the Azure hosting service, right? So they can, what Microsoft literally does is create virtual clients for Xbox 360s that run uh, backwards compatible games for the Xbox One, right? They can't natively run Xbox 360 games on an, an Xbox One. Hmm. So a lot of the times it's running through a virtual client. Okay. Uh, PlayStation doesn't, Sony doesn't have that backbone. And they're, um, the PlayStation 3 uses the cell processor, which is like a very, a very unique processor to say the least that was hard to develop for in its day and even harder to emulate right um nobody emulates ps3 there's no it's very hard to get those games backwards compatible the good news is uh, ps4 and xbox one both run x86 including uh, the nintendo switch so every modern game is basically running on a pc of some sort every modern console is a pc yeah, that was not the case in the last generation. Which, which is totally like I mean, that's all stuff that I really didn't know about. But just the perception of it, yeah, is that it's the it's a CD, it's a disc, it's a Blu-ray, whatever it is. You know, it's it's a you know compact disc yeah, form it's actually, factor. It's actually funny. Old PS3s actually had uh, PS2s inside of them, so they could run PS2 games. That's oh, how they were backwards wow. compatible. They had two processors. And they actually had both that's, consoles that's awesome. housed inside of the case. And they stopped doing that after a while to bring costs down. Because yeah. no one played them. And they were like, man, we'd spend Yeah, and this, this thing is so $700. Much yeah, it's cost so much money. Oh, PS3, you blew it. Uh, but I think that basically answers the question. I think, you know, I think we kind of already consensus that, you know, th- there will be small niche communities trying to play old games. If they get hot, they'll be brought back by uh, the first party developer or whoever can find them. Um if there's an audience, if there's profit to be made, there's a way. I think that's kind of the consensus. Yeah, on for that. sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's a great way of showing your interest in a game, and it might be brought back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just like people buying up Family Guy DVDs, and after it was canceled, you know, it's it's the best way to bring something back. Is yeah, put by your money where your mouth is. Put your money into it, or, and or your eyeballs. Yeah, or your time. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hornet, thank you very much for the question. I, I appreciate the input. And yeah, thanks, uh, once again, if any of you guys have any questions or comments or think we're a couple of losers, uh, email us, techyappodcast at gmail.com. So, William, Willie, Willie Buttons. <laughs> the thing I want to talk about today, and we definitely were alluding into it hard uh, in our kind of pre-show or our, our greeting, is Black Friday, right? And I think I'm going to jump right into it because you kind of already started. And there's another story in the news today that I think is abstractly related because of what you said, right? I think that the thing we're seeing is kind of the unnecessariness of something like Black Friday in this era of constant connectivity, constant, um, you know, um, aggregated um, deal feeds and news feeds and email feeds. Um and I don't know if you saw this thing. This got announced like literally this morning, but uh, Sony announced they're not going to be at E3 next year, right? Hmm. 
and I don't know if you know, but E3 is like the biggest video game show there is, right? Everyone's there. Microsoft does a conference. Yeah, it's the Sony show. does a conference. Nintendo does a conference. Uh, EA does a conference. Bethesda does a conference. And they're kind of saying this isn't really necessary, right? Um, and that kind of takes me back to how I feel about Black Friday, right? Um, it's it's strange that we are still so adopted into you know, and I get it because it's a big sales day. No one wants to be the one, the first guy to ignore it, right? And be like, we don't need those Black Friday sales because it's a big day. But more and more, and I think more and more consumers are realizing this. Every day is Black Friday, right? Yeah. Every day, something on the internet is the cheapest it'll ever be. Or the cheapest it's ever been, you know? Um, And it seems like, um, you know, every year as Black Friday comes, we're kind of more and more desperate to find like these, got to get these killer deals. And they just never really seem to have that same fire they had before. And I think it's, you know, it's because we're, we're really, we're deal crunching all year long. What do you think? Uh, well, there's a couple of ways to to look at this. There's the there's the consumer viewpoint. There's the business viewpoint, and then there's just like the cultural mm-hmm. viewpoint. And I think where it's going to where it's where where it's headed is the convergence of the competitive um, fighting is not the right word, but the competition between companies and the uh, exhaustion from the consumers as a result of that. So from a consumer perspective, there's a bunch of different numbers out there. And I, and I was kind of like looking over some stats and how, how big it's, you know, blown up over the last five years. And it's just, I mean, like there were 75 million more people shopping in 2016 than there were in 2015 and even more in seven, you know, just like all these numbers and they'll, you know, the, you know, morning news, local news, people will, will talk about that, you know, for the next week or all this week as you're listening to this. But I, um, it's always that like next, um, that competitive advantage that companies try to, to reach. I've made this analogy a lot concerning other, other, um, aspects of business, but, um, I'm a car guy, so I kind of look at things in term, like economically in terms of cars. And for just like for example, just to pick a car company, you got Ford. Ford has the Ford Focus, and they're competing against the Honda Accord, and they're competing against the Toyota Corolla. And you know, one year Ford will say, "We have the Ford Focus. It has 10 inches of rear legroom." Then the next year, Honda says, well, our new Civic has 11 inches of rear legroom. And then Toyota says the Corolla's got 12 inch, you know, 13 inches of leg, And they just keep one-upping themselves until the car is so damn big that they have to bring in a whole other car. So now you've got the Ford Fiesta. Now you've got the Honda Fit. Now you've got the Toyota i-whatever-the-hell. And you've you've outgrown yourself. So now the point of that car has gotten, it's superseded itself. It's funny. I have a Honda fit and it's bigger 
than the Honda Civic I had growing up. Absolutely. Cause it know, just, it's got way yeah. more horsepower and it's way larger than a Honda it, Civic. Yeah, it has nothing to do with, oh, Americans are getting bigger. We're, you know, it has nothing to do with that. It's just competition. It's it's bullet points on a brochure. It's constantly going to be inching and inching and Yeah, inching. you just got to be pushing it because you need that competitive advantage over the next guy. So when Black Friday, the point of Black Friday was originally to to get people you know, out of their house to shop, you know, it was a timing thing for Christmas, get out, you know, you, you've got this long weekend, people are wanting to relax and be with their families. Like we need a reason to get people to our stores during a traditionally dead time of, of year sales wise. So this like concept of black Friday balloons into this massive cultural phenomenon, which then spawns these, you know, little kind of sub sales cyber monday, cyber monday bro cyber monday green Friday, green cyber thursday yeah green monday Sunday, what is it green green monday it? green monday yeah uh the the second monday of december so dumb um so you have you know what was originally a day to get people to come out you know where hey we're opening our doors at 11 you know so you know come in we're you know we're food hangovers or employees are coming in late to now, you know, Sears is going to open up at 10 and now, you know, KB toys is going to open up at nine and now you've got door busters and now you got people open at midnight and now you've got sales that are pushed into Thursday and now you've got sales that are a month long or, you know, a week long than a month long. So it's like you're this black November, black November. <laughs> so you have like this constant, God, yeah, trademark constant competitive, competitive leapfrog that is like you're working with a calendar yeah so you can't you can't grow the car exponentially until it's you know a limo or a bus or something um so at what point do does the market react and just say well this is pointless Gray October. <laughs> I think Gray October is going to be the, gray the October's whoever coming. does that is too far. Yeah. You've gone too far. Silver September. Yeah, silver. <laughs> but you've already seen like this pushback in the last year or so with people resisting going, sh- you know, to stores because, it, you know, people are getting trampled and it's just complete insanity. It's definitely culturally becoming kind of faux pas to, a little bit. Uh, to do this Black Friday stuff. Yeah. And, and I think that's where where the the cultural reaction negative reaction to these sales are is going to be met with this like well we have no place else to go now as a business like we already have a now we have black november we're, what are we going to do now uh, you know we're going to make it quarterly you know it's just it's, there's going to be some reaction to help pull back the sales that are either displaced from this day or uh, lost entirely, mm-hmm. and this is all not um, acknowledging the elephant in the room, which is the South American River, that has a com- to, to me like a fundamental disruption in all of this. Um, that is going to be really hard for other companies to compete in that space because it's there's going to be a monopoly essentially in in those types of promotions you've seen it with with prime day yeah um which i love i i actually love yeah i participate in all that yeah i I, I can't like i love well i love the idea in prime day not even from a consumer standpoint just the the fact that somebody 
you know, branded a day to help generate sales that has the same same deals, the same numbers as uh, Black Friday. You know, they'll have some lost leaders out there, whether it's, you know, their own hardware, you know, smart home speakers. And it's genius to model it as like a rewards member day. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. You feel exclusive even though you're one of a trillion prime customers. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's kind of silly looking at like, well, why is Black Friday such a big deal? You know, why can't we have, you know purple thursday and it's in june you know it's such a completely made up nonsensical thing yeah it's totally arbitrary so the fact that a company came out and and pushed their own nonsensical day and made everybody else react to it again you know kind of underplaying the fact that this is a uh a economical giant in which we've never encountered yeah um it's it's going. It, it has to change. It's already changing, and I think we're coming to the tipping point. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny because you know the reality is like, why does it happen when it happens? It's because well, it's the end of the year, right? Like it's offload time. Vendors are trying to, you know, vendors are trying to clear out their retail inventory. They've got new stuff they want to bring in next year. They're willing to to take uh, bottom line hits to achieve top line goals. Uh, C-level employees are interested in their P&Ls at this point and want to ensure bonuses. So they're willing to take bottom line hits to ensure top line goals. You know, there's a lot of reasons at, at this time of year and going into December uh, why you see these these lower prices. And the thing to remember is they'll continue until the end of the year. Like they're going to continue to try and drive sales all the way up until Christmas uh, and even after Christmas for a bit because they want to close as much as many invoices before the end of December as they can. Um, but, uh, but that's, that's, re- that's true regardless of the year, regardless of black Friday, it's always been true. It was true last year. It's true when car model years flip, it's true whenever a fiscal year ends. And, um, and it's true in every industry, you know, it's, it's the, it's the way it runs as, as inventory gets old, as inventory starts to sail, as things start to age, uh, you blow it out so you can bring in new product and your vendors uh, support that, right? They, they give you uh, the opportunity or the room to, to support those types of prices. So, um, you know, it's interesting that they've, that they've found a way to kind of front load it and turn it into a, a, a holiday almost uh, when really it's a natural business cycle that, um, that they're just kind of exploiting. And, you know, that doesn't even get into the fact that, you know, a lot of these doorbusters, these products are really like Black Friday manufactured products, which is the grossest thing, right? Where they make Black Friday versions of everything that suck, right? Like, you know, like think of like TVs, right? When you look at a TV, everything's licensed on that TV, right? HDMI ports, you pay a licensing fee for every HDMI port. Uh, USB ports... Uh, you know, like Energy Star and uh, everything on that TV has a cost like associated with it. And so, you know, they'll sell you the Black Friday model of the same TV that you saw for $500 last year for $400 this year, but it's only got one HDMI port, right? And that's because, you know, they're saving 30 bucks by not putting in HDMI ports and they're saving another 20 bucks by, uh, you know, not including the good remote. Right. Like it's a, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have Wi Fi or, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they just, they cheapen the products 
in a million different ways to convince you that they've they've provided this level of savings when the reality is they just didn't license the things you want for that device and they're hoping you don't notice you know and and that's really true of like these doorbuster TVs man I've definitely gotten caught buying a TV on Black Friday but like this thing is a piece of you know like it's not what I thought it was um which is super shady I I hate that so much yeah it's it's shady but it it's also it's like the backwards version of the Ford Focus getting yeah, bigger it is. you know it's just like we're going to take we're going to make it smaller but charge less cuz that's all you know that's that's the main feature the driving force behind this is it's that the fucking fiesta of TVs <laughs> yeah that you're going to get like you're going to save money you're going to save money that's the funny part about it and this is coming from two guys that are like in sales and marketing like we're we're trying to convince people that they're saving money by it's, buying by spending something. money, yeah. Um, which is why I think Prime Day is so genius because they've convinced people to spend more money at a different time of year, which which doesn't coincide with a holiday of of giving. People, you know, I this this could be completely wrong. This could be dead on done on right but if the average person spends a thousand dollars uh 300 of that is for gifts so they're they're spending 700 dollars on themselves so you know the the illusion that it's you know driven primarily because christmas is coming up is not really true i don't know anyone that's doing christmas shopping now no i uh, shop christmas like christmas yeah Eve. i mean i think that 30 percent um Number is probably true. I think 30% of people are maybe Christmas shopping right now. I can go to the bank and get cash for my nieces and nephews at any moment. Yeah, I don't, gift need, Black, cards I don't are great. need Black Friday for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, you know, like the, the completely arbitrary calendar uh, analogy that you made, Tony, is it's really funny because it's totally true. I mean, they're tr- we're, we're trying to push sales at the time of year we're counting all of the sales. And... But the consumer shouldn't care. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, that, that was not like yeah. That's a that's a business side. Like that's a right. behind the curtain. Yeah, talk. and which which is a, another reason why you know I think like a and just Prime Day is the only real example. But to have a another kind of spend your money holiday in the middle of the year to me makes more sense because. It's, well, it's, and it's not like they don't get Black Friday, right? They just celebrate twice. Yeah, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's but it's so it's so ridiculous that it is just trying to get people to to spend money by again convincing them that if you buy this TV now, you will save whatever amount of money it is versus when if you buy it in March. But we've got early bird specials. We've got Black November specials. Mm, we got yeah. Black Friday week specials. Black Friday week reloaded. You got doorbusters. <laughs> you got Black Fridays here. You got Black Fridays here. You've got uh, Black Friday weekend extended. You've got Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Cyber Cyber Monday. You got Cyber Week. Cyber Week is coming. You've got uh, you know. Uh, clearance sales you got pre-christmas you got and year-end clear it closeout year end closeout's the spot that's where you get some, yeah that's where you get some deals man i mean it's like what at honestly where is the best 
sales. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in. I'm in it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where the. I'm. I could not say like, hey, the, you know, make sure to shop or browse X website on this day. I couldn't. I would have no idea. Here's one thing I'll tell you. And one thing I've figured out from watching this for a long time and being a nerd and buying tech for such a long time, it's never worth it. Right? Like if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're hunting for a, a specific device. Even if you save a hundred dollars, okay. Think about your time. Think about like, like what time is worth to you, right? Like if you make ten dollars an hour, like ten hours of your life is a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. That's an investment. But it's like, are you really gonna like just keep waiting and hemming and hawing and looking at different deals, like? Like the the anxiety and the 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 like the burden the weight of that is just something I would never deal with for a hundred dollars, right? Like maybe if there was like I can get stuff for free or like you know I'm gonna miss out on twenty grand or something. It's like okay, like I better get up early on Friday and uh, you know or stay up all night so I can get the deal. But it's like I'm gonna save. I'm going to save $36 on a box set of Harry Potter movies. Like, fuck off, Black Friday. Like, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like who cares? Any decent deals, just get them, on, get them online. There's online's available. You know what I mean? At newegg.com or newegbusiness.com. You know, just shop on those websites. <laughs> no, but for real, like, there's plenty of good deals you can get on Black Friday, on Black friday week on any given tuesday to be honest with you there's no reason to like sit and wait and drive yourself crazy looking for the you know that lowest lowest low price when it's like man just live your life it's a fear of missing out yeah it is a fear of missing out that fomo bro there it's hard fomo yeah hard fomo and i mean we all as you know in in the industry as marketing and sales professionals we want people to spend money but there's also the the fear or the the worry that if somebody is anticipating a sale, they're not going to buy before that sale. Yeah. So if you announce a sale, hey, Black Friday's coming up. Black Friday's 3 weeks away. Here's our email, here's our, you know, our store end cap. And we promise this is just as good. What, like <laughs> yeah. what are you like what are you what message are you giving people? You know, yeah. which which is why naturally companies are starting to prolong you know extended black friday sales which i i remember seeing that really not that long ago like i feel like it was like three or four years ago where you know it was like black friday deals all week black friday deals all month i mean that that, that's really when those those phrases starting to show up and you know it doesn't matter if I, i want sales in september and october as a business, yeah, I mean they exist. Yeah, I I don't want to push everybody to to November, um, you know. So like, what what do you have to do? And, and that this is just a constant struggle of of this industry is that you have to be so creative and like you have to keep your foot down on the gas all year long because you just can't you can't let up. Yeah, you can't miss a week. You you cannot you can't miss a week or a day even in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um. But this, well, you're gonna miss days. That's why you can't miss a day, right? You know they're gonna you're gonna miss some, so you can't afford to miss any by through like neglect. You yeah. Know? 
So I don't know. I don't know where it's going to head. Um, I, I honestly think that the uh, South American River is going to... You can say Amazon. I don't want to. Why? Bezos is a dick. I know, but we're just like two bros having a chat here. I mean, we didn't even... Be, because this is Black Friday week, we wanted to make it a Black Friday-themed episode. We what One of the main things we could have talked about is the Amazon HQ2 announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we wait a week or two, there's going to be still plenty left and plenty new developments of that. Um, people are pissed. I mean, almost it's unilateral pissed off at how this has gone. Yeah, it's not the... Um it's not the town I would have gone to hoping for a good reception. Let's just put it that way. I would have gone somewhere a little more. Well, having come from Seattle, I'll, I'll tell you, and most Seattle officials, regardless of what their political leanings are, will tell you and fully admit that they were either A, not prepared for what Amazon had to bring, or B, regret the Amazon. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that's what I'm saying. These like these hot liberal towns, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in places that are desirable you know what I mean? That people want progressive, to live. yeah, you can progressive, just, yeah, progressive towns, progressive cities that people want to live in. Yeah, um, of course, are not going to be um, kind of open to you know, like the governments are, of course, right? Because it's going to generate so much tax revenue that you know they're they're going to launch all these cool projects and feel like some real heroes, right? But you know, the people of these towns, much of them. Uh, implants just like Amazon. Much of them, you know what I mean, like uh, privileged people that brought a bunch of money in and and pushed out, you know, the hardworking people of those towns as well are going to complain. They're not going to be happy with it. They're going to have a moral and um and, and probably justified qualm with this happening. Where it just feels like if you went to a town that needed invigoration and was kind of struggling to find a presence in this tech world you know what i mean you could get a better reason if they went to kansas city you know what i mean like i feel like there would be a little bit more to cheer about uh with from kansas cityans and royals fans i guess you know what i'm saying though a little bit i mean i can i i try to look at it from both sides because i've kind of semi lived through or seen what the the negatives can be but there's also po- huge positives oh, to it um First of all, the fact that Kansas City, that Austin, that Indianapolis were even even thought that they were in consideration is hilarious. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that they were even going to be considered. They they Amazon knew that they were going to these two cities. They knew it was going to be a town near New York, one of the boroughs, and it was going to be near DC. Those two locations are not out of the blue. Yeah. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington freaking post. <laughs> He's a highly active activist and in government and you know wannabe or is a government influencer. He also has a huge presence in New York and he lives in New York. So if you're the richest person on planet Earth, if you're worth 150 billion dollars, would you want to spend 2 freaking seconds in indianapolis except for your plane being refueled yeah for sure honest to god 
And no offense to anyone in Indianapolis, it's a fantastic city. You've been there; it's great. Yeah, it is lovely. great. It's a wonderful, lovely, great town. But if you were worth 150 billion dollars, people of Indianapolis, would you still live in Indianapolis? No freaking way. I'll say this: as much as I hate the Midwest, I love the Midwest. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah, I've got ties in the Midwest. Great, great place. And I, I'm not picking on Indianapolis. Would you live in Austin? No. Would you live in you know Atlanta? No. Would you live in any of the other 18 places that were on that list? No. You would live in either Los Angeles, New York, yeah. maybe D.C. If you were into that scene, which Bezos is, you know, he's, he owns a political leaning newspaper called the Washington Post. Like, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. There's five towns, maybe six in the country where like progressive people live, right? L.A., San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, New York and Chicago, maybe. Right. I think Chicago's pretty hot right now as far as. Young people wanting to live there. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think outside of maybe like Austin a bit. But I don't even think it's a progressive conversation, though. I think it's just where do you want to live? I, I think it's as a billionaire because he's the one making the choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just saying. Outside of those towns, I just don't know where. Yeah. And I know. know people are like, the, you know, the, all the argument was. Well, you know, Indianapolis is a central hub, so there's, you know, there's an airport right there, so you can get in and out. You can go. It's like, okay, first of all, they weren't looking for another shipping location. They got plenty of yeah. those. They're looking for a head, a second headquarters where they can house. Remember when we weren't going to talk about this? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know, they're they're looking for a place to house smart, highly paid people that are doing, you know. Uh, they're coders, they're salespeople, they're marketing people. Well, they're not dumb. They they understand that a desirable location is probably the most important thing in hiring. A- absolutely. Right? For these jobs. For these jobs. For these specific jobs. If you're if it's a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, it, that's not that important. You know, you hire locally, you know, you're not importing a bunch of jobs. These uh you know, these 25,000 jobs per you know, it's 50,000 total. Those are people that they're largely going to be bringing into the city. I would say a lot of them are probably like, you know, it's probably, well, I don't know. You're probably right, actually. Yeah. When I think about who I know that works at Amazon, people that have gone to Amazon and just their their general workflow and profile. Yeah. Most of them are imported. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the Seattle headquarters, most of those people, the, the the profile of that city changed as a result of all of the the transplants to Seattle. And most of them are imports from LA and San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, and frankly, from all over the world, for yeah. that matter. Yeah, globally, if you're But, but it's yeah. not like a bunch of people from, you know, Kirkland and Puyallup are now going to start working for, for Amazon. Yeah. It's just not the case. People from Wilmington and from, you know, Bethesda aren't going to go, oh, no, you know, we got a new, there's a new job posting in town. I don't know, those Wilmington techies can really get it done. <laughs> Uh, or Williamsburg is, I think, is what I, was I don't even know. Of. I'm just Brooklyn, you know, the Brooklyn yeah. little town. Um, you know, it's it's not the local people that they're trying to go after for this. And I mean, going back to the Black Friday thing, the the reason that we even brought this up was that it is that Amazon is gaining so much momentum and so much steam that it's going to take, oh, it's going to take something pretty substantial to stop them from taking everything over. How long before they're broken up? Uh, re- realistically, I would say probably like eight to ten years before they're broken up. I would say eight years. I would say, depending on this next election, um, I think it's going to be hard pressed for a Republican to break them up. 
right? I think it's going to be more of a, I think it's going to be a progressive move. I think it's going to be viewed very negatively. Um, mm. I really do because it's Bezos uh, is crazy left though. That's fine. I mean, I don't think it matters if you're left or right. Um, I think um, you know they broke up Microsoft too, you know, and and it's not, it's not because I think that it's a right or left wing move. I just think that. Um, it's going to be one of these progressive majority things, right? Where they're going to, you're going to, it's going to, that's just how I see it. It it could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I I would say that Bill Gates is agnostic in terms of his political leanings. Like we don't really know what he is. He's not outspoken one way or the other. Uh, Bezos is and has a open feud with, with the Republican party, you know, the, the right, right side of the aisle. Um, God damn it. We're talking about politics again. It's important. It's we're 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 not talking about it. Yeah, we're, I'm not saying who's right or wrong. Yeah, yeah I, okay. I don't care. So we're we're okay. We're this does not uh yeah, we're, we're not, not breaking our it's rules. It's not politics. Yeah. So I think um he, Bezos being so close to Washington now, which is for the sole purpose of um well, he knows he's going to have to fight. Well, he knows he's going to have to fight his case. Lobby. Right? He's there to lobby. Well, he's going to have to try and change monopoly yeah. laws, right? Yeah. Like, like that's the only way he can even hope to continue to exist. You know, I think, I think by having so much marketplace on his site, he's kind of found a way to be like, no, it's a, you know, it's not a storefront. It's a, it's a platform. You know, and a, that'll get you so far, right? But if you're taking profit off all those transactions, then yeah, they're skimming off of all. Then of ultimately, it. it's all your transactions. Yeah, it's right? not a friendly place to sell your stuff. No, and so, um, you know, I mean, it's not if it's when, right? Um, it's a, absolutely, there's no way it's gonna be allowed to continue in its current form. Um, good for Bezos. He's gonna make a trillion and a half dollars before anyone can put a stop to it. You know, I think before people even react, fine, yeah. like he's gonna make so much money like more money than anyone's ever had um but i think he's a jackass but he's a genius i think jackass. yeah i think he's a jackass too but um that's neither here i think everyone with a lot of money's kind of a jackass in some ways you have to be you've yeah. got to be hyper assertive you've yeah. got to be nuts in order to make that much money to make the decisions that he's made to there's get a lot of negativity is. comes with you know I, I was funny i was telling uh, a coworker like you know every Every good thing you have comes on the back of someone not having something. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, right. like it's not. Um, there's no, and this is, I, I shouldn't say it's kind of political, right? But there's no equity, right? Like it's all given. Like you want a flat screen TV? Well, someone's fucking eating like, uh, like bad water tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. it's the sad truth, and it's um, Bezos is like the the extreme, right? Like his trillions comes at the cost of so many people and so much. Um, so much bullshit. Yeah. And the, the the positive side of it, because I think there is a large positive side for these communities that, you know, I mean, poor Washington, D.C. and New York City, they really needed a break. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad that they got they got this break. Um, but a lot of the outcry right now is that the housing prices are going to go up and it's going to push people out, you know, that have lived there for a long time, which is really it's unfortunate but I don't think it's like an injustice necessarily. I mean, no, I think it's, that that might sound you know like um, you know an incompassionate statement to make, but there you are. Um, you know, if you look at what's what's the name of the the city in um, uh, in New York, I can't think of the name of the the actual little city that that. Oh, uh, I don't remember. It was, but whatever I've it seen is, it on Twitter like a million times. Yeah, and I can't. I I'm just completely blanking on the name of it. But it's a it's a 
part of Queens. Um, it's a part of Queens. I was going to say Queens, but I know it's yeah, just, it's and it, not Yeah, and it used to be a complete dump. Um, my dad grew up not too far from there in, in Bayside, Queens. And I'm blanking on the freaking name. Tony will Tony will find it um, through the help of the overlords at Google. Um, but it used to be a dump. I mean, if you if you lived there, people would think like, "Hey, what happened to you? You know, like what what went wrong in your life that Long Island City? Long Island City. Okay, yeah. I mean, that it, it was like a stop on the Long Island Expressway going into Manhattan. You yeah, know, I don't even know what that is. It was just like a tiny little sliver you know like warehouses and crappy so they're going to go in there and they're going to make it gorgeous and they're you know there's going to be there already are you know beautiful high-rise luxury apartment buildings and all that stuff and you know if if you think that all those twenty-five thousand people that have high-paying jobs are not going to be buying groceries getting their hair cut getting babysitters going out to eat uh buying clothes you know and, and helping the local economy you're crazy um which is why a lot of these municipalities went so hardcore on the tax breaks because it's great for your town man. yeah well not the, okay yes the business itself is getting a tax break but the twenty five thousand people that are getting paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a piece are going to be pumping that money back into your economy paying sales tax paying property taxes paying um you know local businesses supporting stuff i mean it's like it's it's hugely beneficial in a lot of ways and it's also hugely detrimental in a lot of ways mostly and especially coming from seattle knowing the infrastructure limitations there new york and dc have the same largely the same infrastructure they're they're so space capped it's like it's it's really crazy and that's one thing i think um living in la that like it's hard to relate to is that we have so much space right like like I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about LA in a lot of ways. It's that we found we've been able to expand out so much that you know um, ethnic communities have continued to exist. You know, like you can still LA is as populated and as full of giant companies as anywhere and ritzy rich people, but there's still a little Somalia, right? There's still a little Koreatown. There's still the, yeah. there's still these locations where ethnic communities kind of spread out and find a home, it's very and, flat, and open their businesses, and you can kill kind of still kind of have that cultural uh melting pot feeling you get in and i guess you know that feels more historical where you know a city like manhattan or even san francisco you go to san francisco now and it's it feels like rancho cucamonga the you know the island right like it's it's just it's uh it's fancy columbia jackets everywhere you know what i mean like it just doesn't feel uh well and it's it's very vertical it's very vertical it just doesn't feel authentic at all you yeah, know it's not uh, as much as they try and keep the facades everywhere right it's like an amusement park almost right it doesn't feel like oh this is this yeah, is what Main san francisco Street, is yeah this is you know it's like no this is just a a gentrified multi-million dollar yeah there are two by fours holding up that town for sure yeah for sure and um and you know that's definitely gonna continue in new york it's not like this is the first borough that's gonna that's that's gone the way of the dodo because of yeah uh, because of corporate uh, enterprise taking it over. I mean Manhattan is is gone. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 just the way it is. It's a natural way of things, and and this too will pass. You know? Yeah, it's like the reason we went down this road is because because you love talking about political things. Yeah, I do. But whatever the trajectory of Amazon is. 
whatever it ends up being, whether it's eight years, they get broken up into, you know, web services and, you know, marketplace and their, you know, uh, manufacturing, like how, whatever ends up happening there will, will dictate what happens to, uh, consumer, uh, e-commerce retail in the near future. Yeah. I think that's what's hard is cause you know, by, by breaking them up, you're really dicta- Yeah, you're really creating the structure for how online commerce will exist moving forward, and it's it's so dangerous, right? Like it's such a it's such a sharp sword to wield. You know what I mean? That yeah. it's like if you cut it wrong, like like you could just be like cutting the head off of uh, uh the giant, the biggest financial player in your country. Well, I guess the third biggest next to Apple and Google. Um, but one of the largest financial players in your country, right? Um, and it's like, so how do we how do we slice and dice this in a way that works and continues to be profitable for the country? You know, continues to to generate uh, sales and jobs, but is um, is allowing for competition, right? Because that's it's going to get real constitutional really fast, right? Like these conversations are going to start happening. They're already happening. They right? already are, ha- and are they're, happening. They're not yeah. going to stop. You no, know? they're going to they're going to increase because, you know, they hit the trillion dollar mark, which is just a symbolic weird thing. We love round numbers. This this HQ two thing is the 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 flip side of going to DC and New York is that it is. V- that's where the media hub is. The belly of the beast. So everybody, we're going to hear about this nonstop. Where if they had gone to Indianapolis and ruined it, you wouldn't really hear about it. No just one like would you care. Don't, just no like, one would care. A, just like they don't care about them ruining Seattle. You never hear that. You never hear about the problems that Seattle has. And the massive hike in housing costs. And how it's just like ballooned and it's now burst a little bit. Um like just crazy, crazy traffic problems and all kinds of issues. The homeless, the drug, like it's just, it's insane. Um, those are all things that DC and New York are already dealing with, already have experiencing dealing with. Um, but it's all going to be potentially pointed at Amazon. Yeah, and it's it's one of the few things in this world that is bipartisan. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's very oh, yeah. few things that I think are are truly bipartisan things in this world. And one of them is that companies like Amazon yeah. can't continue the way they're continuing. Right? Especially yeah. now. Especially like you said, with these um these um these progressive communities and DC is and like getting the Amazon effect, like this will come to a head faster. I think I honestly think Bezos' plan is bring this to a head faster than Washington can respond to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Like, like I'll bring the fight to them. Right. I'll win the fight before they get their gloves up, and then I will be secure. He as soon as they cut the they cut the tape yeah. or the ribbon on that D.C. Uh, Virginia place. I mean, he's gonna have his checkbook open and just saying, "All right, who wants some who wants some hot lobbying love?" Yeah, for sure. He's gonna spread like it out. immediately, and it's gonna be oh, it's gonna get ugly. Because yeah, you're right. It is totally bipartisan. I mean, like. Tucker Carlson and Cortez, whatever her name uh, yeah, is, yeah, 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 they agree. Yeah, if Tucker Carlson and and Che Guevara, yeah, don't say that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if, if right, that's yeah. good, right? It is good. Yeah, yeah. If Nancy Pelosi and Tucker Carlson agree, then you got problems, right? 
and they definitely agree that something's got to happen here right like um it's an interesting time you know i think it's interesting to see kind of where this goes you know like and i i will say this i think the one thing amazon has done uh that is very positive right is i think it taught a generation to be entrepreneurs you know what i mean like um having that marketplace available and um really created a, a place where everyone kind of had access to uh a a, a a an amount of customers that that they never really could have before and you know i think there's a lot of really great small businesses that have come from this era thanks to the kind of traffic amazon generates. absolutely i mean it is exactly what the name implies it is a gigantic marketplace mm-hmm. it's you know the the old bazaars in the middle east where it's just like everyone comes and you know exactly where to go and those you know shopping centers um were so popular because it was so easy you just you you know you walk down the bazaar in wherever and you know you got your dates over here you got your rugs over here and you just do all your shopping in one spot there's a reason why that existed thousands of years ago because it's super nice and convenient it's always existed in some form it's always then, existed right? in some form and it just it just changed the way you know we've changed the way we get around and adapted to that um and it's made companies step up their game too because they because Amazon with their you know huge investments in themselves made the shopping streamlined made the shipping that much better made the entire experience is dialed in yeah they i mean they they've figured out security measures they they haven't had really a huge breach of customer data and you don't even need to put in your security code on your your uh, on the app you know you it's just one click and and the stuff's one touch at your door. Two hour delivery. It's ridiculous. Like how how does the existence of that not elevate consumerism and Yeah, I constantly order groceries world. to have at my house when I get home. It's re- it's awesome. It is awesome. It is super awesome. Super jealous. <laughs> you know, anyone that does that is not them is super jealous of that. Um and they're in the driver's seat right now until they're not. And you know, like you said, when they when the head is chopped off inevitably, um, and competitive advantage or you know the competitive the the playing field is immediate instantly leveled. It'll be very interesting to see what happens and how companies have either adapted or tried to adapt and survived and rode this out or been killed off. I'm really interested to see how these companies that have tried to adopt the Amazon, like Walmart. I don't know if you've been on Walmart.com. It's fantastic, and yeah. it's really like trying to be Amazon in every way possible. Yeah. Right? And they're the only ones that can, that have a chance of taking them on. Yeah. And are they going to like, you know, fill the void? Like what's going to happen? It's, it's, it's an exciting time. Like from as people that work in the industry, it's an exciting time to see like what's going to happen with e-commerce. Right. I think everyone got into this like 15, 20 years ago and made a bunch of money and it's finally kind of getting to this boiling point where it's just like everything's sitting on top. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's it's ready, it's ready to go. And uh, where it's going to settle out is pretty exciting. Yeah, who's going to come up with the combination that that just does it? Yeah, that works and that that works that everyone's cool with. Like is yeah. is ethical enough and um and uh and dis- not un, un- non disruptive yeah, enough, least disruptive. Least disruptive uh, not ethical, but ethical enough, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of creates this thing that, that we can agree on. Um, 
Bill, what are your final thoughts? Black Friday, Amazon, Jeff Bezos is an asshole. Where are you going to go? Uh, I don't know. I just want everyone to get along. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I, I, I'm very interested to see how this year goes as a whole, the market as a whole. It's been a weird year. It's been a very weird year. I think that I think sales across the board will be up. I think if you remove Amazon from the equation, I think it'll be probably either flat or down. I picked the wrong year to get into Robinhood. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my prediction is I think Amazon will be up. Everybody else will be uh, flat or down. And... Every, and everyone's going to freak out about it and then forget about it in two weeks. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I My final word is I want to give a shout-out. I want to give a few shout-outs. One to Superfan Mike. Ayo, Mike! Ayo, Mikey! Uh, one to Andy, that dirty scoundrel. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate you listening in. Wonder our boy Hornet for emails two weeks in a row. He might be the new super fan. Mike Keep him coming. It just it's a segment now. It's a segment now. It's Horn- Hornets yeah. emails. Horn- yeah, Hornets Nest. The Hornets Nest. The Hornets Nest. Where we do a short email from the Hornet. And now we enter the Hornets Nest. I like how we both went for the buzz <laughs> at the same time. Well that, that needed a sound effect. Yeah, it was unplanned. It was pretty good. Um who else am I missing? Uh, well, the the listeners that we that we know of, uh, Andrew, thank you for listening. Oh, he's not going to make it this far. Mm, Andrew, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> um, and I'll say this, uh, you know, give us a shout out. We want to know who you are. Like, I think that um, we really enjoy doing this. We really have a good time doing this. And it's just more fun when we kind of know who the audience is and get to talk right to you. So yeah, well, the the feedback would be great. So you know, just like pop open your phone, your little email app. It's techyeahpodcast at gmail dot com. We will not send you anything back. Yeah, there's no mailing list. Yeah, there's it's no... just a Gmail account. Um, if you want us to email you back, say please email me back, and I'll send yeah, you. Yeah, respond. Um, if you want to be anonymous to ask your question, just say you know anonymous. Um, we would love to hear your feedback on it. How are our volumes? Can you hear me? Is yeah, there... how are our levels? Are we? I feel like I talk kind of quiet, and then I find the sweet spot on them. I can get kind of loud, and then I get kind of quiet. I'm working on it, I promise. All right, we're, we're new to this, and... Uh, I'm just constantly loud. Mike, er, Mike. <laughs> Bill is like a, a pro uh, talent for recording, I feel like. Like, you've done this before. Uh, I am very rusty. I'm like a... I'm like, I don't know. I don't we're going to break you in. You're going to be broken in. You need to like cut out a little like microphone notch in your beard. I'm going to get a, like a helmet it. with a little hand that yeah. holds it like right here. And then I can just yeah. wear the helmet all day. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I can just be like, that sounds nice. I mean, it's funny. I bought tripods. They're not tripods. Are they tripods? So they have three legs. I don't know. They might be. Quad they're pods. mic stands. <laughs> I bought mic stands. But I don't want to bring them in. Cumbersome. Yeah, if I had a stationary location, I'd set them up. Yeah, but this is this is fine. But yeah, moral of the story is, email us. We love e- you, even if it's just hi or you guys suck or a picture of your cat. Picture of your cat. It could be anything. Um, if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a reaction, if you have any suggestions, we'd love to 
hear from you. Thank you for listening. Uh, how about this? Everyone that emails us next this this week until our next show, so before next Thursday, I will find something here in the office to send to you. Uh, one person. I'll pick one. Okay. So if it's just Hornet, it's just Hornet. Something dumb, like a sticker or a shirt or something. Okay. But it's, something. It's not going to be tech yeah related. Okay. So we'll find something for him. But I'll find you. I'll find something to send. Okay. And we'll like sign it or something. <laughs> I don't know. And immediately yeah, reduce the value. Yeah, every, of it. Completely reduce the completely value to ruin nothing. It. Um, so yeah. Uh, say hi. And uh, Bill, uh, what's your uh, what's your location? Where can people find you? Uh, B-I-L-L-4-L-E. Just type that into the internet and. Do whatever you want. Into Lycos? Yeah. Into Webcrawler? Ask Jeeves where to find me. Um, I, Twitch is probably... Twitch and Instagram are the two the two spots. It's not a Twitter, are you? Not a tweeter. And I, I, insta, I insta post. I've been getting into the Twitter, man. It's, it's drawing me it's in. It's a pretty toxic place to hang it's out. It's drawing me in, bro. I'm a visual person. You just like there's a bunch of girlies on Instagram. Well, uh, yeah. There's girls on... There's anime girls on Twitter. <laughs> Tony, where can they find you? Uh, you can frolicking find me amongst the anime. Fol- we have girls <laughs> frolicking amongst the lewd anime girls. I am uh, Tone Face Killer at Twitch and Twitter. T O N E F A C E K I L L A H. So uh, look me up, say hi. I would love to talk to you more. And with that, I think uh, we're out. We love you guys. Love you.